that that's why we use our tortilla press. It's like a like a flag of you can do it. Whatever they say, don't listen. Just print. Hello, print friends, and welcome to the 57th episode of Pine Copper Lime, the internet's number one printmaking podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. I release weekly podcasts with people in the print world doing something a bit beyond the expected. So please subscribe on your podcast listening app of choice. You can also find Pine Copper Lime on Instagram and Facebook, and you can sign up for our monthly newsletter with print news from around the world, all at pinecopperlime.com. We also have a Patreon page where, if you like this show and you want to toss a couple of bucks our way each month, you can get super cool thank yous like stickers, buttons, and even tote bags. Printmaking forever, shun the non-believers. This is a very special episode, print friends. It is the inauguration of what will become a regular feature on Pine Copper Line. In collaboration with your friend and mine, Ronaldo Gil Zambrano, Pine Copper Lime is going to start regularly releasing episodes in which I interview our guests in English and Ronaldo interviews them in Spanish. And then we release the episodes as a double feature. We're looking forward to reaching more print friends throughout the world, and we could not be more excited to ring in this new tradition with Alejandra Meres and Javier Moreno of Tres Gatos Press based in central Mexico. Alejandra and Javier are living the printmaking dream as a husband and wife team running their press together. We talk about how they met and fell in love in art school, what it's like to make prints on an evil tortilla press, and why they named their tres Tres Gatos when there's only two of them, as well as working with the public both pre- and post-COVID. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and prepare to say hola to Alejandra Meres and Javier Moreno. Hi, Javier. Hi, Alejandra. How are you doing? Hello. How are you, Miranda? Hi, Miranda. Hello. I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been admiring your work on the social media for quite some time, so I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you both. And also to do another double release of Pine Copper Line, because we'll be recording this interview in English, and then we'll be recording it uh, again in Spanish with Ronaldo Gilzambrano. We'll, and then we'll get to do the double release and it'll be really great. So that's always super fun too. So thank you for being willing, not only to join me initially, but also to take another hour out of your day to do the interview again in Spanish with Ronaldo. So thank you. Thank you for, for inviting us. So before we get started and start diving into all the uh, the juicy details, I always like to ask my guests to introduce themselves just a little bit to give a bit of an overview and let people know who you are, where you are, and what you do. Okay, uh, my name is Alejandra Mares. I'm from Guadalajara. Currently, we are living in Jocotepec, Jalisco. It's like 45 minutes away from Guadalajara. And I went to Universidad de Guadalajara uh, or uh, college. And my major is in painting, but currently I'm working, well, we are working on printmaking. Beautiful. And what about you, Javier? Okay, well, my name is Javier Moreno, and I also studied at Universidad de Guadalajara with Alejandra Mares, where we met there, and we we became, uh, you know... One of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have been married from, uh, like... Uh, 15 years, almost. 15, uh, I oh, almost forgot. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, I also, my major is in painting. We're doing printmaking. 
Uh, well, we have we have been doing printmaking since 2016. 2016. Yeah. So I've never done an interview before with two artists at the same time, but it seemed like it was really appropriate to do it for you two because you you both run this press, um, you're partners in the press and partners in life. So what I'll probably do is just ask a couple more um, sort of background questions for each of you, and then we'll sort of dive into talking about the press. So I'd love to start with you, Alejandra. So you mentioned a bit about where you grew up. Can you sort of speak more to what that experience was like and what role art played in your life in Guadalajara? And if you came from an artistic family, if you were drawing all the time, just give us a little picture of what what that part of your life was like. Well, actually, in my family, I'm the only artist, artistic mm -hmm. person, because my sisters, I'm the, the youngest uh, my old my old sister is a English teacher, and my middle sister is a it's a doctor. She's a gynecologist. Mm -hmm. So I'm the only weird creature with the painting <laughs> abilities. <laughs> so I I was like a I don't know like a the unique kid like the the one that it was always looking and searching for things uh i really like to um sewing mm -hmm. my mom likes to embroidery and things like that so i i got that for my mom's i i think i start doing painting and drawing and things like more with my hands when i was in uh, secondary so then i start more interested i was like the weird goth uh, <laughs> kid <laughs> so I was very interested in all that the, all that kind of things like the creepy and unique uh, weird stuff that regular kids like that age they were not interested in that yeah I have to say me me too like I definitely <laughs> I definitely had at one point just bright pink hair and studded necklaces and a lot of holes in my face and it's it's yeah I I love it <laughs> so when I was in I mean I was not doing like my studies like normally I I lost like a year before I went to college mm. and then in college I was like just like just a regular human between all those weirdos <laughs> like <laughs> in college actually yeah so because painting and printmakers photographers dancers all all those uh, major classes were in that university so then i met javier in one common class because he was like a year ahead of me so we met in class, and because he's 10 years older than me, it was a very interesting experience because <laughs> he has a, a tattoo that I really like about Geiger. Mm. So it was like, mm, that's the guy. <laughs> so ever since, we, we're together. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I, yeah, Drawn Together um, over H.R. Geiger, I think, is a great origin story for any couple, for sure. <laughs> Um, and then, so so, what about printmaking? So you said you majored in painting, but now you both are obviously pretty dedicated to printmaking. Were you exposed to that in college and sort of enjoyed it there and then just sort of returned to it? How did you end up going from, from painting to printmaking? In our classes, we had printmaking, but just like the basic stuff like linoleum, Silography, silk screen, dry point, I guess. But it was just like the basic things because our our major was in painting. So when I was in college, it was like just to do the things that the teacher was saying and that was it. And mm. then when we finished the university, we ended up like doing nothing about art. Our, our lives were like 
totally far away from art. Mm, what were you doing? Like traveling and doing like regular things because uh, Javier was working in a newspaper. Okay. So, That's kind uh, of printmaking, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a graphic graphic uh, designer. Yeah. So he was doing that and he was very into the, obviously, the work. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to um, figuring out what to do with my new marriage life, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we stopped doing art for a while. And then we moved to León, Guanajuato for 10 years. And then there uh, in the Museum of León, they were having like a children's uh, workshop. We went to, to this uh, workshop. It was for free for kids. Mm. So it was just this big grown-ups among the kids (laughs) (laughs) but it was really fun because it was on Sundays it was like our going to the mall but instead to the mall we went to the museum and do artistic things yeah that sounds much better than a mall yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we, we found again we reconnect with art and printmaking actually because of those workshops for kids that's lovely. So what about you, Javier? Where did you grow up and what role did art have in that part of your life? Okay, well, I I born in León, Guanajuato, the capital of shoemaking in Mexico. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot a lot of shoes in, in León, Guanajuato. It's a very industrial city. And my father he works on on leather leather craft. Mm-hmm. He dealt wallets and some other leather goods. He I remember that when I was a kid, he asked me to draw all the these leather goods just to I think just to keep me bussy or something like that mm-hmm. because I don't I don't think he really needs those but <laughs> instead of, he, he told me that instead of taking pictures he wants me to to draw so I was drawing that and I was copying uh, these comic books copying the the superheroes and they keep telling me telling me that I have aptitude to drawing mm. so I was like okay well Thanks, but I really don't know how to do it because I just I just draw draw what I see. So I didn't I didn't knew anything about the techniques and all the stuff. So then I I start working at when I was eighteen on a, a newspaper, but as a delivery boy, as a paper boy. Hmm. So I was just delivering the paper, the newspapers. And then I remember that one of the secretaries in the in that news, local newspaper to, uh, told me that I had something about graphic design. I, I have skills, mm. so I started to work on designing this newspaper, but again, without any technique or knowledge about how to do it, we just have a some some guy telling us that do this do that so i i really didn't know what i was doing but i was <laughs> i knew that i was delivering the the designs that the newspaper needed so at that time i started to work on illustrator and all these graphic design suite and i started working with that and i was making some drawings but just for just for fun and then i studied some uh, graphic design for one one year then i moved to guadalajara and when i was in guadalajara i was like well i don't have any degree and mm-hmm. I, i'm very old and i don't have any degree <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly all my friends have degrees but me I, I i was the only one that didn't have any so i was like well i need a degree and i really love drawing i really love painting doing watercolors 
without any technique. So I needed, I wanted to know exactly how to do it because when I was, when I saw these paintings and watercolors, I was like, how they do this? I mean, what kind of magic they use? Because <laughs> I really don't understand how these gradients and all these, these, these drawings. So, so I entered the um, Universidad de Guadalajara. I studied the uh, visual arts uh, in painting. And then, well, then the story goes on. But in my family, there's no one told me, no one encouraged me to to do some art. Uh, just my father has these, these hand skills to make things, but he really didn't tell me what to do or never encouraged that. So I needed to do it all by myself. And in the university, with all these these uh, issues they have, I really tried to to get something from the university. And um, well, I, I'm very grateful to to the university for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, were you also introduced? initially to printmaking at university as well yeah we we have the uh the same classes uh we went to the same classes i i also failed one year of the university because <laughs> well I, I failed because my my uh my my teacher my painting teacher well he told me okay i can pass you but honestly i don't like your painting do you really? want yeah, really. Do you want to pass or do you want to redo this this year? Because I honestly don't like it, but I can pass you if you want. So I told him, no, I, I'm going to redo because I really want to paint well. Yeah. So so did he say like he didn't like your paintings and like he didn't like your technique or he didn't like what you were painting, do you think? The technique. The, the technique. technique. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah because the... The, the teachers, they were like very understandable about what do you wanted to, to say in your painting. They, they just focused on, uh, on techniques only. Mm. That's good. I mean, that's good, though, because I've, I've definitely talked to some artists before who had an experience in school where a teacher would just say, like, I just don't like what you're painting. I don't think this is what art is. Um, and then run into conflict there. But that's good that, that they were able to kind of, to focus on the technique. And then also that you were someone who were like, like, I don't want the easy pass. Like, I'm here to get good at this. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's not always an easy thing to do, for sure. And then so we heard a little bit about kind of what, what came next from Alejandra. But... Mm -hmm. Kind of, I'd love to hear sort of the, your side of the story, if you will, <laughs> in terms of so you, so she saw your HR Geiger tattoo and we're like, that's the guy. Can you tell me a little bit about meeting her? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I saw her wearing these Dr. Martin's boots. Uh huh. And because of the boots, I was like, oh, <laughs> those boots are great. And I, look a little bit uh, at the top and I saw like a very beautiful girl and I was like okay he's the she's the one <laughs> I love yeah. that. you started at the boots and just worked your way up yeah <laughs> yeah exactly oh that's really cute <laughs> um and then so how how long were you together before you got married uh, one year. Okay. Yeah. That's the same with, with me and, and my husband. It just was like, it was like, oh yeah. Okay. It's you. I've been waiting for you. Like, so we didn't, we only were, yeah, we only dated about a year before we got married, which at least in the States is people would consider that a bit quick, I think. <laughs> yeah. Same for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, so you, 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 then you sort of were, were just, working a bit after uni and you came back and you were you were reintroduced and reinvigorated by the art world through programming at your local museum and then at some point you were decided to dedicate yourself to printmaking 
it sounds like more more fully or more intensely and start what you now call Tres Gatos Press. So mm-hmm. tell me about that sort of process of of coming back to or, or or falling deeper in love with printmaking and then deciding that you really want to give yourselves a name and um, and start something together. Well, when when we were in, we had a friend who is a teacher in Semo uh, University in Cape Girardeau and she's a the history teacher and her husband is a friend of Javier mm. he's also a graphic designer so we met them uh, through a common job that Javier had previously and we started uh, doing you know printmaking and things like that and she one day she saw a picture that I post about a, a print on Facebook so her name is Johnny Hunt, and she sent me a message, and she told me, I didn't know that you were doing printmaking. Can I see more of what you guys are working? And I told her, well, this is just a little print that I did on, on this workshop for mm-hmm. kids in the museum. So I sent her some pictures. And then she told me, I showed them to my friend who is also a printmaker. Her name is Hannah March. She's from Orange Industrial Barrels. And she told me, we, were, we really like your, your print. And I, it was just like a couple of prints. <laughs> and she was like, you, you, ha- you guys have something. Do you want to come for a residency for the whole month next year and have a show? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? They gave us like the, a whole year to prepare ourselves and our skills a little more mm-hmm. to do this show about these Mexicans going to Cape Girardeau and have a, a, a show because the, uh, the, the, the director from Simo University, Dr. Vargas, he's Mexican. So he was very interested to have a have, to having a, mm. a Mexican doing this residency and this show in in Semo, so it was it was just like a a big push for us to focus re, to focus on what it was important to us. It was art all the time, so it was like okay, focus. This is this is important. This is what we study for. So we start working really, really hard for that show the, a whole year. And since, th- since then, we have been doing a lot of things. And it was like the, the start of, of Tres Gatos, mm. because it was first just Javier and me. But then we were like, OK, we need to, to put a name on, on this. So we because we have three cats so that's why it's tres gatos oh and gotcha i was actually one of my questions was how come it's tres gatos if there's only two of you but it's See? actually yeah. <laughs> it's actually... yeah actually all the time when when someone met us it's like where's the third cat <laughs> we were like, there's only two cats <laughs> <laughs> There's three cats, but at home, we are only two cats working. Yeah. (laughs) So since 2016, we start working and learning and focusing on printmaking and reconnect with this amazing medium, what is printmaking. I mean, it's, I mean, I really like painting because it's my major and and I I love uh, the smell of the of the paint and the oils and mm. everything and this it's just you and the canvas and that's it. No one else is involved in painting. Just you hey, yourself. Hey, this, is a, this is a printmaking podcast, Alejandra. Let's not. <laughs> let, yeah, I'm just teasing. Let's. I try to convince you. Yeah. About painting. <laughs> Let's not get carried away now. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, printmaking is 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 working 
in a community. It's it's working with others and enjoying being working with other people and yeah. and showing and sharing and that really got us into printmaking mm. and all the possibilities that you can find in printmaking. Not just linoleum, not just because we haven't done lithography because we don't have a I mean, we don't have a press or a stone to work on, but the things that we work on, we try to explore, like, I mean, we try to give them more than paper. Mm. I don't know if it makes any sense with my stubbornness. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's one thing that um, anyone who follows you on social media will see is that you're not just sort of doing like, here's my lino cut, here's a bunch of square editioned prints from my lino cut. Here's another lino cut, here's a bunch of square editioned prints. Um, that you two are, are thinking about it in kind of interesting ways. I think one of the things that really caught my eye was using a tortilla press um, to do printmaking. And then also you built maybe even like a little teeny tiny sort of version of it as well. Can you just sort of, yeah, just let people know a little bit about how that came to be and how the tortilla press works and how it seems to produce pretty good prints as well. And tortillas <laughs> also. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very important as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, the idea for about using a tortilla press came when we were doing this printmaking in the in a local museum and then we every time we were like we were like okay now I want to do more but how can I do it because I don't have a press an etching press so what do we do Uh, and that's why uh, we mostly use linoleum as as a media to make our prints because we just need the pressure to the against the the paper to the uh, and we just need to to make to carve the linoleum or the MDF uh, wood if it's if it's needed. So that's why we remember that someone used a tortilla press uh, one time just a, as a rumor. So mm. we were like, okay, let's try it because some of what we have as a couple is that okay we hear this rumor let's check it out let's, <laughs> let's check it out if it's true let's try to find the way to do it as they say and if it's not working for us okay let's let's try again let's try let's use another approach so that's why we started to to use the the tortilla press we we saw a lot of things that needed to be tweaked like the um, uh, some parts of the machine, because the, of course they are, the machine is not designed to print. To yeah. print, it's designed to make tortillas. To make tortillas, <laughs> it's very soft corn dog. So uh, the pressure is very mild. It's not you don't need too much. So, <laughs> but we needed a little bit more. So we added some felt, then we experiment with adding a piece of, of MDF wood block, then we crashed a lot of hinges, we, we, yeah, honestly, we, we destroyed some, a couple of, I can uh, imagine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, you can, you can do your, your own prints using this machine, uh, but definitely you need to understand the machine a little bit, like uh, trying to, yeah, it, it has a very slightly um, a curving process, a curving, learning curving, mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. curve. So you can have these nice and crisp prints because when we started also, we were using just uh, thin paper because of the pressure. And one time we used a cut on paper and it didn't work. So 
we were thinking, okay, what, what we can do? And they then we just soaked the paper on water, then put it uh, put it on the machine and worked pretty well. Mm. So you actually use cotton paper with that machine without any problem. <laughs> so we were using that because of, because it was a necessity. Mm-hmm. It, it born from a necessity. So, and that's now, now we use that machine super regular. And because here in Mexico, and I think everywhere, an etching press is very expensive here. So it's, it costs like a couple of thousand of pesos. So it's very, for us right now, it's hard to, to, to buy one. So I mean, that doesn't stop us to produce prints, Mm. to make art. So, and it's really easy to carry on the the machine. I mean, it's 40 kilos, but even, no, no, 40, no, 20, 20 20. kilos. (laughs) And you can carry carry with you anywhere because we have been printing on the street. We have given workshops. we, We use it for everything. And... You, you can show to people that you don't need, for the start, you don't need a big, big press, a fancy press with this big studio and all mm. the expense. You can work with the things you already have in your house because a tortilla press here in Mexico is very common to have it in, in your house. Well, in, in my house with my mom, I don't know, new generations, mm. uh, they know how to do it, but it's very common to find it here in, in, in local markets. And the tiny ones that you uh, mentioned, they are for, for kids. When it's Day of the Dead, they, saw, they sell these tiny machines to put it on the... Altars. On, uh-huh, on the altars hmm. for them. And so we bought it. We bought a couple of them and we tried to make like this tiny, tiny little, you know, cut and they <laughs> work. <laughs> experiment and because we like to collect them actually we have like a five or six tortilla presses but we work with the big one we call it the the evil tortilla press <laughs> because he has some attitude <laughs> <laughs> we try to teach everyone can do a print with you what you have in your home that that's why we use our tortilla press. It's like a like a flag of you can do it. Whatever they say, don't listen. Just print. Because when we start, some some people were like, oh no no no, that's a joke. No no, yeah I saw those, but no, it, I don't think it's gonna last. So here we are, <laughs> three years later, and keep we're still working with our evil tortilla press and we're still here. I feel like that's just such a great icebreaker too. It must be when you're doing things out in public is that I always feel like at least, you know, in the jobs that I've had where I've kind of been a bit of this interface in between like the world of art, whatever that exactly means. And like the world of the public, there's really this, this sort of internalized assumption that some people come to it with, this isn't for me. I'm not an artist. I didn't go to art school. I'm not in that world. But the fact that you've got this tortilla press to be this sort of bridge where you're saying like, this is something that you've seen, either if it's not in your home, it must have been in your grandmother's home. And so I would imagine that it really kind of draws people in and maybe takes some of that uh, sort of fear off and sort of trepidation that some people have about approaching artists and approaching people who are making art. Is that the case? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when we used these tortilla press uh, before this, uh, this pandemic, we used to do uh, these demonstrations at the street. In fact, we were scheduled for the for this October's MAPC uh, event and uh, well it just canceled mm. but we were doing prints with our tortilla press in in Kent State in Ohio so it postponed to 2022 mm. 
But we love to do that because, yeah, the people get, approach us first because, okay, this guy seems like they are doing some food. <laughs> they are selling, <laughs> maybe they are selling tacos. So they, they approach to us and when they say, when they see the sprints, they were like, okay, so what is this? What are you doing? So we start or chat or um, we we'll start saying them to the public about, okay, this is relief printmaking. This is linoleum. You, if you don't have linoleum, you can use shoe, shoe plastic. You can use another materials, rubber materials, or you can even use MDF. So we start talking and that's and that's how we think we feel like we are getting people into printmaking because a lot of people when see a print they say oh this is a nice painting mm, or drawing. that's a nice drawing yeah and we're like oh, this is printmaking is different so we start telling them why it's different so the main idea is to have people recognize trying to recognize a little bit what a printmaking print is and when they visit a museum or something or or something like that they are like uh, they're more they are more uh, into printmaking about okay I understand a little bit how they make this so I can have a better uh, landscape about what I'm saying I'm seeing so yeah this that's it one of the points to do that mm. and um... Because we like to take our our workshop to the streets to share with the people. Because when do when we uh, these activities in public, we gave away all the prints. Yeah, it's for free. We're not charging anything. So it's just like giving away tortillas. It's giving away <laughs> an taco. And because we use these round linoleums. They look like tortillas, so it's like a, a round print, and it's for free. So, and we let them to have the the experience to ink the 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 block, so they know how to put the in. They can put the the block on the tortilla press. They can put the paper and uh, push the, the 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 tortilla press, and you can see the people. They really they really like this this kind of um, approaching, because it's very, here in Mexico, people think that museums are just for this special- For wealthy people. Wealthy yeah. people. And they think that they are not going to be, they're not allowed to be inside of the museum. Mm. So when we are trying to do what is like, share some, some art and they can know what, like Javier says, uh, what is printmaking? And they can do it with erasers. And they can have the experience of, of inking. They can ask us about whatever. If they just want to see what we're doing, sometimes people tell us like, but why are you doing this? Why don't you charge? What do you get from this? Hmm. Well, I get experience and the happy faces of the kids because when we have workshops with kids, I mean, it's a lot of fun because they really love how how to they see this big machine and they are like, ah, my grandma has one of these. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see they 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 really like these kind of activities, but sometimes government museums. I mean, it's not an expensive activity. If we can do it with our own money, yeah. why don't museums or approach these uh, schools, public schools, to, to try to do something with the kids? That's got to be such a great thing for the kids that they're going to remember. And the fact that you're just giving the prints away, it's not just, oh, yeah, I think I saw someone making lino cuts once it's going to be like i saw it and then i still have this and mm -hmm. i feel like you you two are just like uh johnny apple seeds of printmaking or something you're like out there like spreading the good word and 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 planting the seeds and all those kids who hopefully will will grow up and be interested in it and be interested in art and not have that sense that 
a museum's not for them or art's not for them, that you have to be really wealthy to do this. Uh, Mm Because that's one of the things that I think hurts the art world so much is that assumption that people bring and the barriers that uh, that it creates. And so so you two are, are out there in the world and you're working together, but you're also partners. You're also married. What's it like to work you know, with sort of your other half to work with your, your person in a, in a creative undertaking for you? <laughs> well, <clears throat> sometimes it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's normal because I work in some way and Alejandra works different, of course. So I'm, because I, I have a background about graphic design, about the making layouts, uh, and editorial design, infographics, and, and that stuff. So I, I try to do my my prints with a lot of symbolism and layouts and complex layouts. I, I really love complexity. So when so Alejandra, the, when she asks me about my opinion on, on one piece, sometimes I... I I say I say to her, okay, this is my opinion. Uh, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sure. Don't don't worry. Okay, <laughs> and when and then we start arguing a little bit, and I am like, okay, well, uh, that I I will do that like that if I was me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so well, sometimes it's a bit it's a little bit rough, but. I'm very happy that Alejandra works in some way and I work in some other way. Definitely, we we both. I think I feel I wanna I wanna believe in that that we are improving our technique. So I think it's good to see Alejandra how it's coming along. Is I feel great to to see myself and. And see all the other prints in the in the past, and but I think that definitely you can you can um, deba- uh, see which is which. I mean, you can see the, definitely you can see. Okay, the this Alejandra's, yeah, mm. this difference. And I think it's because we have friends that all, they are a couple and they are artists, and sometimes the the work gets like contaminate in some way with the other yeah. and suddenly you don't know which one is what mm-hmm. <laughs> and for us I think like Javier says I think we have our you know which pieces from who I mean it's we have some elements because we we have this interested about music about movies dark art that we put it in in our work but definitely we work in a different way but when we are printing we work very well like a machine because mm. usually i'm the one who who, who prints who who is uh inking. inking and doing all these things and he's at the end he's always like the cleaning lady because he <laughs> he cleans everything <laughs> but work really well because I, I I understand the machine he also prints sometimes mm. but yeah when we need more when we are doing big pieces and we don't have a press because where we live is like in the middle of nowhere nowhere <laughs> near a lake uh, we don't have like a, a public workshop that we can go and print so we try to figure it out and because Javier is a heavy cat <laughs> he prints very well with his feet mm. and we print these sometimes big pieces so he uses his body weight uh, but usually we uh, I am the one who is printing using the tortilla press and we know like I don't know if I say like our roles in this workshop mm. but we work really well together even when we're working uh, we're giving a, uh, a workshop or a demonstration or with another artist or other activities we really know how to work together in the workshop I really love that answer because it seems like 
you two are live in the dream, I think, for a lot of print people, which is that you you find someone who shares that passion with you and then you make a life with them with printmaking at the center of it and doing workshops and working together. But, you know, it is it's not always easy to work, I think, with anyone and mm-hmm. um, and particularly if it's someone that you're around 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you work together, you know, and they're your best friend, and they're <laughs> your spouse. It's it's complicated, but it's also really rewarding. And I know there are so many people who they'd kind of give every anything to have a life like that, where you can share your passion with your person. So yeah, thank you for, for that. Wow, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For your words, your words. Yes, thank you. So my next question was, it's a bit of a big question. Um, And I know that people think of printmaking in Mexico as just being like huge and exciting and are really intrigued by it. And that's sort of, I guess, speaking from people who are kind of from the outside looking in, you know, that's the attitude in the United States. That's what people think of in Australia, but you two are in it and you're living it. And so, like I said, it's sort of a big question, but if you could just kind of speak to it generally and your experience of it and the culture of printmaking in Mexico from your point of view. Okay. Yeah. That's a big question. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's the same for every for every country. Uh, the country is divided in regions, right? And the south, center, and the north of, Me- of Mexico, in terms of printmaking, is kind of different. Is well, I think it's very different. I mean, as you as you know, uh, the south of Mexico, Oaxaca, mm-hmm. is 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 the Mm, I don't know how to it's, say. It's well known. It's like the mecca of printmaking mm-hmm. of Mexico because yeah. it's very known. These big, big printmakers in Oaxaca, and because they have like I don't know, probably like a hundred workshops there. I mean, we have never been into uh, into Oaxaca, but seems like printmaking, Mexican printmaking is only Oaxaca, and it's is not is not like that as javier says mexico it's divided like in the mm. south center and the north and in the north is very different about print making and the living and all the, the scene the scene mm-hmm. is different because you are next to the this usa neighbor mm. so you have this big influence about the united states mexico the no, the, the, the frontier and everything and in the center, Mexico City is like, like the big, big. It's a big melting pot of yeah. things of, of graphic, uh, Mexican graphic uh, scene. Mm-hmm. But for us, we ha- we have been in a in a lot of places, but maybe it's not okay to say this. But we have never been in Oaxaca or mm. in Mexico City as uh, printmakers. Mm. We have been there because a lot of things I mean not because we don't want it we we want it to be yeah. there of course but because as Alejandra said the, we started uh, at this beautiful town in Cape Girardeau doing this amazing month in Simo University and then we went to Rockford Illinois and then we went to uh, Chicago, and then we went to St. Louis. So we have been in, in a lot of touch in, in the U.S. printmakers. We have a lot of friends in, in the U.S. <laughs> and, uh, and in the center, we started to do something. We started to do these big uh, events of printmaking. But, you know, sometimes you don't you don't see the uh, good results. So... Honestly, well, for me, Alejandra can say something different, but for me, uh, the printmaking scene in, at the center, uh, it, it exists, but it's very hermetic mm-hmm. and it's difficult to to be a part of it. The uh, A lot of egos start raising. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, so we love to work with, with a lot of people. But as you say, as you saw it, uh, Alejandra and I, we work efficient and we work a lot. And some people don't, can't, they can't uh, go in our, in our pace. Mm. So we start getting these, these bad, bad uh, situations. So at the end, we, we finish working again. Just the two of us. Just the, two, just the, two. <laughs> the three cats, but we two cats. And but we love to to do a lot of things. With, with this pandemic, we start doing a lot of live streamings in Instagram, and it was it was it is great. We have been giving away a lot of prints. Some friends in the U.S. started to build their own tortilla press and they are they are using it actually using it and that's very we're very proud of that because we have been sharing uh this printmaking uh point of view with our other friends in now in colombia and mm. also states <clears throat> but yeah well i think i say a lot but okay now you <laughs> i guess it was a big question yeah <laughs> so i know i yeah I think the probably outside of Mexico, people tend to see Mexican printmakers like Posadas, mm -hmm. um, Leopoldo Mendes, these uh, these icons of print revolution and all this political. I mean, I, I mean, I, of course, I really I love Posada and he's the master, but. I think printmaking here in Mexico tend to have this imaginary about some things. And as you can see in our work, because it happened sometimes that people think that we're not from Mexico hmm. and it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds because like. Because I, I don't want to sound like rude or, or, um, we we believe we live we believe in the masters of printmaking mm -hmm. in Mexico. We yeah, because they are. Yeah, they are they are they are the masters. They they are the icons. The things that we do, we we print what we think, what we feel. We don't necessarily do or print Mexican icons or Mexican imaginary. Mm. Because well. I feel like there's a lot of icons up in Mexico. So maybe if I don't do it, it's okay. I mean, there's a lot already. And I just want to say, to say something about COVID or about uh, any other things, about racism. And I don't necessarily need to do a Mexican uh, character or a Mexican plant or or a scenery. Mm. I think I, I think that we have our own conversation about printmaking and we don't know don't necessarily need to do Mexican icons. In Cape Girardo our exhibition was about Mexican characters but not not necessarily sombreros or or Katrinas or, or that kind of icons. We just wanted to say what we feel so that's why in that exhibition, people was like, are you really from Mexico? Mm -hmm. Why are you this? So it was very interesting experience. And uh, it came well mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. yeah. So I sometimes I feel that we know like big movement in the center, like in Uruapan, Michoacán. We have a friend there in the north. And we we enjoy seeing all this print movement that, that Mexico has because it has this background. So it's Mexico is like a big uh, thing in printmaking. But as I think we are like like the little outsiders <laughs> and printmaking. Well, it's it sounds like it it is really complicated in that and that having the the reputation and the history and the aura of printmaking in Mexico is a bit of a double edged sword because of course it's great to be 
known for something like printmaking and it would be great to have your culture known for it, but it also then kind of carries this expectation on what you produce and really uh, affects the way people see your work because they're coming to it with a bunch of assumptions that maybe if you were from a country that didn't have such a huge tradition, you'd have more of a clean slate when people were looking at your work. Exactly. You will say it better than us. <laughs> <laughs> cut, uh, cut all of uh, uh, what you said and put your work. <laughs> yeah. You said it just like that. Because... Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing this for over 50 episodes now, so I've got I've got more, a little more practice. So don't don't worry. But no, I think it's it does come across on. In, in what you're saying and how, how you're saying it though. And, and you can hear that you're, you don't, that, that it's, it, you can hear that it's a, it's, it's a complex issue because you don't want to say, Oh, I wish there'd never been a Posada. Of course, you know, <laughs> but you also understand that his legacy is still affecting the art that you're making. So yeah, it is, it is a, a hard issue. But yeah, no. So thank you for for being willing to to take on that that huge question and kind of, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, and being and being so open about it as well. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of, have you guys been okay with COVID? How has that been going for you? Because I know you said you're in a rural area, which generally rural areas have been doing a little bit better throughout the world. Um, aside from having events canceled, which I'm of course sure is disappointing to say the least and is what a lot of artists have been going through how has it been just sort of day to day for you yeah well at the at the beginning of the pandemic we were all panicked we were very freak uh, out yeah. yeah freak out because we we don't have any place to go for uh, uh for materials to work with so we were using our stash and we were almost running off and then the government loosed a little bit the restrictions so we decided to go in uh in a way in a long in trip out. yeah in and out to guadalajara and then we we uh, we have a friend in guadalajara who is a very great painter and he i remember he shared an email from one of his, of his friends about don't panic that try to see the glass of water, uh, you know, like uh, more um, more full. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And uh, and try to to approach all these situations. So we definitely started to do it. We try to keep our minds busy because usually from this is our job. Uh, Javier is a freelancer, so he does these uh, design things online, and he has his customers and all those things so usually we we stay 24 7 here at, at, at home usually we only go to Guadalajara on the weekends to see my mom because she lives there and we buy materials supplies art supplies and things because Amazon is very difficult to get here yeah. at the <laughs> so uh, we try to do those things in Guadalajara on the weekends but since the pandemic started, then because my mom is a, it's an older person, I was we were trying to keep her safe, so we we stay at home. All it's not like difficult because it's kind of normal, mm. but that if you go outside, you need to be cautious about this thing and people that don't believe and. Yeah. We try to do test using our mask and clean cleaning the things and using you know all these things, but that kind of thing is the the one that affects us in a way mentally because yeah. I was not able to go to see my mother. Uh, I mean, I saw her when we do these uh, chats on WhatsApp, but it's different. And then, and the fact that you that, that you know that you can't go outside, kind of, 
it's tricky with with the mind so that mm -hmm. we try to keep ourselves busy working 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 we have like a schedule usually we put we work from nine to seven we try to keep that schedule mm. all the time on weekends we can do whatever we want if we want to <laughs> play with playstation or whatever video games or anything yeah but we keep a, a schedule to 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 maintain our routine the thing that we can we we weren't able to go to guadalajara to buy things because everything was closed but it was it was interesting yeah well in in terms of that that's the situation but in terms of of the works of the print shop we decided to to take to to do a lot of media presence and also we started to do this uh, a series called Gato Encerrado yeah. or Locked Cat and, uh, <laughs> and we, were, we were doing great because we invited uh, people from from the States or from Mexico from Colombia from Colombia we were doing things together mm. in Instagram and the results we're sending the results to everyone who participated with us. So we we call it like collaborations in times of COVID-19 mm -hmm. that we, as always, we try to say that don't limit yourself, try to do more, 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 always more. So that's why we started that, that Gato Encerrado. And we, it was, it was pretty well, but it's pretty exhausting. So we decided to give a pause, but we definitely try to do a lot of things as we can, mm -hmm. because well, also is part of the of the print shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you two listened to um, one of the the really really popular podcasts. Um, it's called My Favorite Murder, and it's a, just a true crime podcast. But one of the things they've been saying on it recently is that we're all indoor cats now. <laughs> so it just reminded me of what you're saying so it's like yeah you guys you're indoor cats now <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and when we start this this series about gato encerrado we were talking with a friend who lives in zacatecas who also is a printmaker and he was he was like you know what we should do like something online just for a little period of time because this thing is going to end soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, we, right. We did like 30 episodes of Gato Encerrado. <laughs> and know. we still love that we're still here at home. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like when I, I, I think about, um, yeah, when I think about like the optimism I had, you know, even just a few weeks ago, it's like, it's, it seems so naive right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, before we sign off, um, can you please tell people where they can find you online, where they can follow the online programming that you're doing? Yeah, and see, see you using the, the tortilla press and all of that. Mm, you can find us in Instagram as Tres Gatos Press, on Facebook, Tres Gatos Press, on Twitter, Tres Gatos Press. <laughs> and we also have our personal, personal accounts. Sometimes we post different things that we post on Tres Gatos Press as Alejandra Mares, Javier Moreno. And yeah, we try to do, we try to keep our account busy, like doing things regularly. Someone wants to build their own tortilla press, just send us a DM or a, a message and we gladly we're gonna share uh, pictures of our tortilla press and they can build their own. We can also give tips about how to use it. Uh, yeah, well, we're more than happy to, to share all that that material so they can build their own tortilla press at home. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to share the stories and to um, do another double release with you two. So it's been great chatting. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Miranda, for doing this for all the Latin American printmakers. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. All right, well, I will be in touch, and um, thank you again. 
Thank you so much and keep the the good preaching Miranda. You're doing an excellent job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, that's our show for this week. Join PCL again next week when my guest will be Anna Hasseltine. Anna has an impressive resume of working with everyone from Brandex Editions to Cannonball Press and is currently living in Chicago, working as a printer at Hoofprint Workshop. We talk about making your way in the print world, animals as metaphor, collaborating with Speedball to create her own ink, and of course, her adorable pet rabbit. You won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing help from Timothy Pauschak and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week. Thank you.